On the hit TV show Lost, there were always heartbreaking moments. Times when characters would die in sudden and shocking ways. One of these characters didn't even make it out of the first season. This character died while climbing up to a plane which fell to the ground, gravely injuring him. Despite the best efforts of Dr. Jack Shepard, ultimately, this character had to tell Jack that he knew he was going to die and Jack needed to let him go. It's something important to remember when you're heading towards any sort of ending. There comes a point when you need to let go, even if it hurts. For this lesson, we'd like to thank Boone right here in the Doom Room. I'm Alex. <laughs> oh, man, sorry. Well, we're saying goodbye soon here in the Doom Room. Oh, I'm wow. Justin. I'm Pete. Wow, we can't, that, that rhyming doesn't matter anymore. That was a lot of wind-up. Well, welcome to the show, Pete. We're going to be talking about the Doom Patrol, Season 4, Episode 11, Portal Patrol. And i got to tell you what, my rhyming dictionary getting very loose at the end here. I, wow, I it's it. true. That's all. When you started with a Lost reference, I was like, ooh, he's clearly been building up to this one. And I was like, oh, nope, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, spoilers for this episode. If you haven't watched it on Max, it's the second to last episode oh, of man. Doom Patrol. Ooh, ooh. The Doom Patrol has been thrown in a time portal. They are wandering through time, and ultimately they've lost their alter, uh, immortality, so they're trying to get that back at the same time. So in this episode, we see them jumping to different points in history, specifically interacting with Niles Calder in hey, order to get a guest star. There we go. In order so to get smiles for Niles. Share episode. <laughs> <laughs> and we get some big revelations about everybody on an emotional level. We get some big revelations about the continuity of the show. We get some big changes for Jade and Cliff in particular, among other characters. Yeah. And by the end, everybody is headed towards the final conflict. We've got Amortis. We've got Butts. We've got one last episode to go. But Pete, I want to start off with this. This is jumping ahead, but we had Jane's storyline here. Jane, as she travels back in time, she travels back in time to talk to Niles and try to get her own mortality from him. But in the process has another, I guess you call it a therapy session with Niles. One more sit down. Mm -hmm. One more sit down. And we finally get what you've been asking for all season. I will tell you, I gasped. When it happened, like gasped out loud uh, when, uh, again, spoilers here, but the underground showed up behind Niles when Jane finally owned the fact that she was raped by Kay's father. They were all sexually assaulted by him. That's the big revelation. That's the thing that brings her puzzle together is ultimately understanding that they're all part of the same whole, but... We get to see them all at the same time. We get to see Hammerhead. We get to see James Sundown. We get to see Pretty Polly, all the rest. Pete, how are you feeling here? Oh, I'm feeling a lot better. This episode was a huge hit for me because it's the team started to work together. We finally dealt with the underground. When she picked up the tape that said Hammerhead, I got choked up. I was like, oh, Hammerhead, we'll never get to see you. And then we did. And uh, I was just, when they, when they cut time. to the shot and all of them in the room, I grabbed my pearls. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, just so great. 
uh, that we're finally dealing with that. We finally kind of got the last piece of the puzzle, put it together. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was emotional. It was really great to finally be able to deal with that. I wanted a nun with a chainsaw, but other, other than that, it was just, it was so great to see everybody. And if you want your own set of Pete's Pearls, you can buy them in our merch shop. They what? are just, they're very, they're beautiful. Uh, expensive, yes, but you have to pay for the what you love, you know? Yeah, I'd also mention, Pete, just as a hot tip, it's a little easy to find a nun that doesn't have a chainsaw. Like, you can go to yeah, but you almost got any it's, church. It's a combination that you rarely get, so having it on the show was such a huge uh, hit, and to not get it one last time. Well, that's what I'm saying, but if you were pleased with the idea of just seeing nun sans chainsaw, go to church, man. Well, yeah, it all comes back well, from the that hot tip. I could have put that together, but I think I'm Shakespeare looking. said it said it best when he uh, in the in Romeo and Juliet when they told uh, Juliet to get thee to a chainsaw nunnery, <laughs> and she ran out the door <laughs> and what, uh, I, uh, joined up. Classically trained, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm That's hoping even if it's after the credits, if we get it like a just kind of a her cutting down the uh, yeah. you know, a title card or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just w- one more yeah, time. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But I will <laughs> say, all season we've been asking about what's going on with the underground. Why are you yeah. holding about the underground? Where are they? This is very frustrating. What's going on with Jade's storyline? They're dragging it out. I, I, I'm ready to apologize to the staff of Doom Patrol yes. because yes, you should. Well, no, I really think like they nailed this moment. Like Pete is saying that shot of coming to the assembled underground behind Niles. Like, like I said, I gasped, I got choked up. That was really beautifully done. It only works if you hold back on that all season long. And I apologize for doubting them because I think it crushed it. it Justin, yeah. did it work for you as well? Yeah. And in fact, like th- this episode was uh, really fun, really chaotic. There was uh, so much going on. And the fact that what emerged at the end was this like sort of the the final Jane focused episode and maybe best, best and final, if I can use a topical mm-hmm. <laughs> phrase uh, for <laughs> Uh, for Jane's character, I thought was was great. It was it was such an affecting moment when when we saw the whole underground there, and they were able to like pull this show. You know, covers the a lot of this territory a lot. They're like, hey, they're their own biggest problem. They can't get out of their own way. Jane's trying to sort herself out has been almost every episode has touched on that. Yeah. And the fact that they were still able to bring it together and make it feel new while ending where we've been a hundred times in the room with Niles Calder, I thought it was just like really hard to do. And when this episode started and I was like, Oh, it's end game, but for the doom patrol, I, I did not think they would get, be able to get to such an emotionally affecting moment. I, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Pete. I think that's what's nice. It's like we're really getting some great moments with some great characters. I mean, as soon as we saw Madame Rouge back at the ant farm, I was like, oh, shit, it's on. Like, oh, you're making her go back here to deal with all that? Oh, that's awesome. Like, I, I this real exciting moments in this episode. Well, I don't want to move on from Jane quite yet because I have a question for you guys. This is something that I was just struggling with a little bit while I was watching the episode. And I'm curious to hear from both of you about how you felt about it. I 
I felt a little torn about outright saying that Kay was raped by her father. Um, and, and the reason yeah. is not like, oh, gosh, I'm uncomfortable about saying that because you got to put that stuff out there. That is things that horrifically really happen. And I appreciate yeah, and that taking it head on. But uh, it's been the story the whole time. It's not like this was a twist. Yeah, yeah they've been hinting at it and, t- you know, like, you know what I mean? Um Well, yes, that's the thing is, I I guess my question is, do you feel it was necessary to say out loud? Well, I tell you what, though, I think having it blocked out, like giving, I don't know, this is a horrible situation, you Mm -hmm. know, but giving that feeling of somebody who, when they go through a traumatic event, kind of blocks out or puts something else on it. And then the fact that. Her, all her personalities and Niles were sitting across that table saying, say it, say it out loud. Get this giant weight that you've been carrying just kind of like, you know what I mean? I, I think that that was a, when you are dealing with such a hard thing, like having the way that she dealt with it and blocking it and then having the clarity of like, this happened this really happened and it happened to all of us and was I don't know I thought that it was done in a well in a way that was weighted but also dealt with different sides of things well I think it was impressive what it did I in watching the episode and, and experiencing that moment I thought it was shocking I was surprised they did it but then thinking on it afterwards, I was like, oh, I guess that's really the whole point is say, naming it. Like the whole point of it is she had to say it to to take ownership of it or not run from it anymore. I think the analogy that Pete uses of like you're having this weight, you need to free yourself from it by saying it out loud and, you know, taking ownership of an experience where you're uh, horrifyingly made uh, vulnerable and your power is taken away. So she took back that power in that moment. And in a superhero lens, it meant she got control of her powers. The underground falls away because they don't need this device. She is just everything now. Mm-hmm. Also, I like the choice of it being an older Jane who is able to come to this realization. You know, when you're the different personalities and different things, like I almost think that she can't grasp it. So to get her to this point to be able to have so much space for it uh, and to be able to kind of like have this dying event, be able to unlock this other clarity, I think was something that was very kind of unique and interesting to kind of explore and to kind of have somebody go through and then have this kind of, kind of moment. It, you know, I, I was I was really I was really kind of moved with the amount of time and energy and the way they kind of to did it. You know, how do we feel about Kaleidoscope? I I like it. I mean, that's the thing. I was iffy just from a dramatic standpoint of naming the rape out loud because it is this thing that I think has been implicit throughout the seasons, but. I understand the impulse there, the idea of rather than these personalities were to protect Kay, this is something that happened to all of them, and they all need to own it in the same way. 
I, I like that. I think that's an interesting, again, dramatic way of hitting it. And the ultimate conclusion that she's not crazy Jane, she's kaleidoscope, that she is all of these different colors, all of these different ways yeah. of seeing the same thing, I thought was a really beautiful conclusion. So even if I was iffy about the moment itself, I appreciated the way that they get there. And more than that, I appreciated where the, where they ended up. The, the little use of colors there was also such a great punctuation for that moment. Yeah. And I'm excited yeah. to see how it turns out with a fully integrated Jane in the last episode. That's very cool. And I'm excited. about. I, they that. also did a really great job of getting you hyped for that last episode. When those credits roll, you're like, oh, man, I cannot wait for that next mm-hmm. step. Well, I think she's going to be very powerful as well, going up against uh, their biggest, most powerful enemy. Yes. Isabel Feathers. Oh, and What's Butts. That? And Butts. Yeah. Yeah. My most the powerful enemy is also Butts. Yeah, that's true. And your battle against Butts is unfortunately not going well. Yeah, it's not, not going well, great. dude. I'm getting older, yeah. man. My battle against yeah. Butts, not going great. And those Butts are staying the same age, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> oh, we all right, all right, all right. Why don't we talk about some of the other characters? I'll throw out Cyborg just to start off with him. Because he's another character. If the idea is to reach catharsis, if the idea is to reach... Your final form, Cyborg, definitely already got there, but there's still a little ways to go. I thought the plot points with him were really interesting. Him throwing everybody into a pod. Also, Derek, the most important character of the season, coming back again. I mean, I don't want to be a Derek hater, but when I saw Derek, I was like, come on, dude. Can we? (laughs) And he's like, look, I made Mr. Invincible, the robot we designed when we were kids. I was like, what? Why is this part of this? Hey, hey, hey. I I thought this kind of final evolution of – Cyborg being cyborg and being cool with being cyborg and and kind of being able to you know do an SOS and his one friend be the guy who answers through their childhood connection I thought was really, really nice. Also was that his maybe possible daughter? Was he talking in the future? Ooh, like what was that? Maybe. Uh, maybe they hinted around it cuz she was so smart. I thought it was really cool of like a, you know, I don't know. I I thought that was kind of a neat little thing. It could be. I mean, to me, it felt like they were like, you could be a hero all you want, but the real gift you have is to teach these kids to be smart and to make their own toy robots. The thing that made it acceptable to me about the whole Derek thing, because I'm definitely right there with you, Justin, where I was like, why, why, why are we going back to this guy? Is the idea that Vic was the ultimate teacher and like the guy who was running this school and everything, he comes in for the future. He talks to himself that made it forgivable to me. It made Derek not like the main driver behind this storyline so much as Vic. So I like that move. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, fun stuff and fun. Uh, great line about like technically you were inside you when they're all inside of the sphere or the no dagger hedron or whatever it was. Yeah. There was a, I was, mean, just from that, that jump off, jumping off point of everyone just like clinging to Cliff. The horse gut rider goes off above them, and they're like, what's happening? 
like I that to me, I was like, oh, this is the level of weirdness that I want from Doom Patrol was oh, that yeah. first moment. And then they all get sort of wrapped up in Cyborg and it feels like a weird uh, old, old Doctor Who, like weird yeah. British show that's on at midnight and you're somehow get watching it through a <laughs> staticky TV or something. Yeah. You're like, what is this? Wow. I love I, that. I and also appreciate that all of the characters call it out. But he's like, here, take my knuckles. And yeah. Cliff's like, what? <laughs> what a yeah. gross. Ew. But you're right. That's the weird fun of the show of like, oh, of course, everybody takes a knuckle. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they just roll with it at this point. They've been on enough adventures that they know it's okay. Um, another character to throw out there, Larry. Larry goes back in time and encounters himself. He and Keeg encounter the negative spirit. We find out the negative spirit was probably puppeting Larry yeah. a lot and walking around with him. And they have a little conversation about it. They they uh, hinted th- about that throughout the seasons. Uh, absolutely. Um Given we've been kind of down on the Larry storyline, I think we got kind of a bulky one here. Justin, how did you feel about this? I I, I just feel like as a lot of the other characters make some bigger choices, Larry just feels like he's still stuck in the mud. And he gets even more negative revelations here about how, hey, you're infecting Keeg with all your bad vibes. Uh, And I I like that idea, but I just I was such surprised that everyone else makes progress. And Larry's still like, I don't know. This is I don't know, man. We're getting there. We're getting there with. I hope we got like 48 minutes. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. But but I I really like you pass. You pass your fear to Keeg is, is a nice thing. And sort of like it's interesting that his story is like a father son narrative. Keeg mm-hmm. meets yeah. it, its father at the, and and Larry is sort of the other father of Keeg, I guess you could say, or the, the spiritual father. And so there's just some nice stuff there. I just want, you know, Larry's one of those characters is such a melancholy presence. And I just want to be, to see him in a pendulum swing up as opposed to sort of still frozen there. Well, I, yeah, I think it's it's a little bit like, you know, he kind of went uh, back in time or whatever to a younger self that was, I was hoping would give him a little bit more of a confidence talk of like, hey, man, you know, you're fucking up your child. So trying to be so fearful and weird around him more is like a, hey, you know, you're, you're doing great. Like, let's kind of, uh, you know, not be so fearful around the, your entity or whatever that thing is that's leeching off your life. But, uh, you know, so it was a little bit, I agree, it was a little bit of a downer for kind of like, hey, instead of going back and being more connected with Keeg and, you know, his younger self, it kind of did the opposite. So I'm hoping for a bigger pendulum swing in the last app. My big problem with Larry's storyline is it feels like he's being obtuse when he's engaging with these characters. Like I understand we're viewers, we're not in this situation, but when he goes into a situation, (laughs) he talks to the negative spirit is like, why are you so bad? You're a bad negative spirit. Leave me alone. You hate me and you wanted to destroy me. And it's so clear from a viewer's perspective that like the negative spirit is trying to help him and give him advice. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and it's been doing that the same always for four seasons at this point. Yeah. Yes. So to your point, maybe Pete, I mean, maybe this is what you're getting at. 
I just want Laurie to like shut up for a second and listen to what, like think about what's actually happening because, and maybe that'll happen the next episode, but it's frustrating to watch him engage with both Keeg and the native spirit where they're like, we're very gently talking to you. And he's like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. What are Fuck you, you guys? How, yeah. How I'm making you? weird decisions without consulting you at all. And it's about your lives. And yeah. And but mind I, you, people act like that. Like that is a oh, real. Yeah, real yeah. Very realistic. Yeah. But it's frustrating well, to watch say on that, TV. Yes, definitely. And I would say that like his Glary story has shifted from like this self-flagellation outsider story from uh, the earlier seasons to this is sort of an indictment of like helicopter parenting. It feels like, <laughs> like all of his lines are just key. He says the yeah. word key. Like that's gotta be 50% of his spoken <laughs> lines. There's key key. And then it's like, you're putting your fear into your son is like, is what I think the criticism of like what a lot of modern parents are. And it feels like someone on the writing staff or show is like, that's what he's doing. Let's get it, get that. So I, I hope that that is part of the final resolution next episode. But I mean, it was such a powerful Jane story, some cliff stuff here. Uh, Madame Rouge, I think it's a good story. If we're leaving the next episode to be about Larry, I'm also surprised about that. Well, I, I, I think like also speaking of frustration with the show, like, Cliff kind of going back and forth between being nice and an asshole. Like, finally, he kind of comes together and clicks in this last episode a little bit. I mean, that's all he does in this show is be nice and then also an asshole. (laughs) That's literally his. That's not even an arc. That's just the guy. No, I can. There's a lovable asshole. And then there's the guy who's goes back and forth trying to be a good father for his daughter and then making horrible decisions that's hurting that relationship he's trying to protect. Well, he, just to give a brief overview of his storyline here, Cliff goes back in time to Paraguay right after Willoughby and Niles Calder have gotten the skid tag off of a mortis who gives Niles the immortality and gives everybody else their immortality or longevity at the very least. And they end up fighting at a bar with some of the flunkies of the German. I, I don't remember the actual the name of the character. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, it's a bunch of guys with lit up axes. And ultimately, cool. Cliff accidentally breaks Niles back is the outcome there, which is the thing that makes him realize like, oh, God, why is this my fault? Why did I do this? Um, so I, I don't know. I really also, like that storyline. It felt very true to Cliff for me. The yeah, if that's really the origin story, the fact that Niles never brought it up to him was, I mean, that uh, kind of makes you like Niles a little bit more. You know, what well, I mean? and I think that's that's the point. Like, we, what we establish is Cliff is the villain of the show, and I've been saying that for a couple seasons now. Uh, so we got that Lovable here, villain. Oh, that's a nice way to throw that in <laughs> there. <laughs> that's weird. Pete didn't really take your bait. Yeah, I know. He added a love in front of it. He loved my bait. No, no. <laughs> How does this relationship That's work? like a fish being like, ooh, I love these worms. So, yeah. Hey, thank you. True. I'm going to marry this hook and worm. The, but I, I do think it's a great flip of like Cliff's anger. But to, to what you said, like Niles is the one who has been keeping the secret that this man who he builds 
is the man that is, takes away his ability to walk for the rest of his life. So like that gives them that puts them together as like long suffering secret holders who are sort of trying to help each other a little bit by not murdering them for what they've done to each other. So it just, it makes for like a bit of a, like a Mobius strip of like, God, these guys are just so bad at being good. <laughs> well, and I, I threw out there, I know Pete has been very negative about Niles over the course of this show. I don't know if I've argued this before, but I think in a similar way to how we're talking about how Larry interacts with Keeg, the Doom Patrol interacts with Niles in the same way, where he's a flawed guy. He's not doing the right thing all the time. His main goal is, like Cliff puts out in this episode, to live one day longer than Dorothy or like basically outlive Dorothy so he can always be there for her. Um, and that's his main um, MO. That's the thing that he wants more than anything. But at the same time, he likes the Doom Patrol. Like we get that yeah. in a scene with Jade. We get that in a scene with Cliff. Um, it's true less so in a scene with Laura, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second, but he doesn't hate them. He's not an unrepented jerk. He's trying to do the right thing and doing it sometimes in the very wrong way. And that's been clear over the course of four seasons. Yeah. Um, I also thought that that scene was just like it, the uh, there's a great Cliff has a great like jump kick or yeah, I guess a oh, kick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was great. There's fun fighting there. I feel like just to commenting on the show, the last couple episodes, the show looks so much better than it did in the first chunk. Yeah, they definitely. clearly have more money or more time or something to make the show uh, look dope. And the singing episode, I think, really was the first one to show that like, wow, there's a lot more going on here than there was in the previous episode. Let's talk about Laura. Uh, we mentioned her earlier, but she goes back in time, as Pete said, to the Ant Farm and encounters herself and Niles. I thought the scene of her confronting herself and being like, I hate you, was... Yeah, it was oh, cool, man. Great. I was worried she was really going to kill herself. And I was like, no, then you're going to get wiped out, too. Uh, mm -hmm. But, yeah, when she... Uh, realizes where we are and has the line fuck me sideways i was like oh well done well done yeah yeah that whole thing in the the her the, putting the stamp on her own forehead Oof. was it felt like something she's personally fantasized about and she got mm -hmm. to do it and sort of like they i felt surprised by that moment like they sort of got to it in the way that felt very unwriterly felt very organic and I, that was that's hard to do when you're like it is because yeah. I, I bet you start with that image from a writing perspective. Like we want to see her put the weapon stamp on her own head. How do we get there without it feeling like it was too too fake? And they they nailed it. I thought. Yeah, they do. Thought, they do a great job in the show of like planting the seeds and then really kind of taking care of it along the way, and then just kind of cashing out on it later at the perfect time. Yeah, overall, I thought this was a really good episode. A couple of little lines that I wanted to call out. Cliff saying, drunk Merlin is here about Willoughby. Yeah, oh, my God. Right. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, also, this such a stupid joke, but uh, nobody says it like Brendan Fraser. Uh, Willoughby saying, where are you from anyway? And Cliff saying, oh, I just came here from fucking your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fun. Uh, Very fun. So good. Uh, yeah, so it's very funny. Just quit twice. It's still good. 
Quick side note to to see Brennan Fraser uh, in this show just doing this crazy shit all the time yeah. to hear him, and then he's in Killers of the Flower Moon playing <laughs> uh, also a wild small role that was like almost cliff like by my eye. That's not I won't say anything more to get into the spoiler territory, but I was like this could be Cliff in a different timeline. Wow. So he's just uh, out there doing doing everything. Good right for now. him. I oh we did talk about this with the Larry thing. It seems like Larry is probably going to become a son in the final episode, which is pretty wild. Well, now that I was like, oh, that's cool. But then I was like, do they mean he becomes like son S O N? Were we trying to use that language here? Uh, So I don't know metaphors. Yeah, I'm curious what they wait. What are they? Homonyms. Homonyms. Yeah. Uh, the uh, because I, I thought it was like Keeg's dad was trying to say that he becomes a son, and I because Larry was like, Cool, a son, and I was like, I think it means S O N. I think that was maybe, and it, again, good little wordplay that who knows what it actually will come out to be. Yeah, and what did you guys think about the fact that when Jane completes the puzzle, it turns into a magic eye painting, which I thought was very cool. Oh man, I, I wish had, puzzles I was trying to did pause that. it to, so I could do the stare thing at yeah. it. You know, yeah, you got to unfocus your eyes, Pete. Yeah, yeah you, you got to relax your eyes. Whoa, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Salvin, that was creepy to see you do that. Oh, yeah, that is weird. <laughs> that was really <laughs> thanks. Were you man. crossing your eyes or just yeah. coming to completion? I don't know. Having you a seizure, ejaculated. Were you touching yourself? That was weird. A bunch. I was ejaculating. Oh my god! Crazy. What other moments from the episode would you guys like to call out, if any? Uh, uh, I just like the you know Jane at the end giving kind of like a pep talk, you know her kind of like fuck it speech a little bit, which I you know. It's great. It's when her and Cliff are on the same page. I'm having a blast. Yeah. Well, and well, I love the line Cliff has right there. Like, Jane's giving the peck talk. That's where yeah. we are. Yeah, that's exactly. another good line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, this, we've been talking a lot about the season, about whether they knew this was the final season, whether they were heading towards the end. This episode makes me feel like, yes. They yeah, 100%. 100%. Everybody is really heading towards their final forms. There's a big sense of this is it. It's all going down. We're putting everything on the it's table for the final battle. And if you watch the promo at the end of the episode for the final episode. I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, no spoilers here. But it definitely, like, the promo gives a certain sense of finality to it. So... I'm happy about that. I, I yeah. don't want yeah. there to be like a cliffhanger. Oh boy, what's going to happen? Get a cliffhanger. Live? I get it. Yeah, read, well, read a hanger, if you will. It, well, well, and that's what like Rita was notably not here yeah. at all in this episode. Yeah. So feels like she's going to end up getting a lot of the story weight next mm-hmm. episode, uh, and assuming Larry as well in there. So that's exciting. I mean, because um, yeah, the two of them are are great together too. So hopefully, yeah. I guess you'd hate Cliff, but that's fine. Uh, we've got to find some oh, new bait stop. to get Pete on the stop. hook here. Yeah, that one's no. working pretty well. Yeah, don't. <laughs> the, uh, I, the idea in, at the beginning where Larry and Jane in, in, at Doom Manor 96 walk past Cliff and he just stares out the window for like, yeah, like many like, years. Oh, yeah, he's, he just stared from like 83 to – I was like, oh, man, that's fucked up. Bummer. Yeah. The um, – uh, 
Cyborg says, are you shitting me? And all the children are absolutely shocked by his language. I was like, what future is this where <laughs> kids are totally uh, can't handle a little shitting? Well, I mean, I you want the guffaw from the kids when they're swearing. I thought that was a fun use of, you know, group of children. In the future, it's all swearing. That's the future I want. Well. Pete, I think we can get on board with that. Right? <laughs> uh the uh, the Jane and Niall scene again. He pours a big shot of the forgetting juice. Yeah, which yeah. I thought was cool. Uh, was which fun. I think was just regular Jägermeister is what it looked like to me. <laughs> That's uh, whenever I go into the job. I order Does give me two job. shots of forgetting juice. They give me Jägermeister. Yeah. I I mean that's an interesting moment because he doesn't drink it. Like he sort of considers it and he doesn't. And to me. The implication is he never drank that, so he actually, like we were talking about earlier with Cliff, he knows all of this. He knows mm-hmm. all of this happened. Yeah. He knows their futures. He remembers it, and he goes through this stuff anyway. That could be. He also might have waited until she left before he drank it, which yeah, is what, what I was you want to wait to the like, end. Because you, know. you don't want to have to, oh, no, now I have to forget this. You want to drink it private so people don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only other thing I would say is, you know, they all went into this. The mission was go get your piece of immortality from this different. You have one hour to do it. Right, and right. none of them succeeded. But they all Classic. got a piece, except for maybe Larry, of what they actually needed to complete their lives and personalities. Mm-hmm. So that Great. was a nice little um, uh, fake the real mission versus uh, stated mission. Yeah. Before uh, at this point, here. yeah, go ahead. I, I just feel like the mitten is just part of the costume at this point because they're not real. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're not going to deal with the taking. No, off he's going to touch something. If it's not Rory, he's going to touch something before the end. I, I, th- I do hope we get that moment where he takes off the glove and totally. holds the baby. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Who was most doomed this episode? Pete, who do you think was most doomed? Well, uh, Rita, because she wasn't in any of it. Mm. Um, which makes me worried about her. But I have to say, uh, I feel like Jane was most improved. So I'm going to give it to Larry because he is just still uh, not doing well. Yeah, I would say Larry is the most doomed uh, for sure in this episode. But the I would say who's the least doomed? Hammerhead. She got to come back for one more ep. Yeah, great seeing it. I agree with you guys. I'm going to give it a hat trick for Larry, who just is not as far along as anybody else. Come on, Larry. Laura might have to deal with some stuff because she left off slamming her own head with a weapon stamp. So, but that yeah, that still felt like like though. a little bit of catharsis there, yeah. which Larry yeah. didn't necessarily have yet. So. We'll see one episode to go. If you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Doom Patrol, Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter slash X comic book club live on TikTok and Instagram comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time. We're going to leave you with a peat of advice. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, Here's my advice for you, all right? If you're going through a hard time, 
Find Build a tiny old, robot with your friend. Nope, nope. Find an old person, okay? They got a lot of free mm. time. They've seen some shit. Just, you know, find an old person, and they'll, they'll help you. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. I'll try that. Fine. <laughs> Find an old person, or as you like to call them, like like uh, f- future corpses, coming soon corpses. That's right. 